Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, where our mission is to foster the creative capacity and vibrancy of the capital region through advocacy, resources, and education. Joining me today is Jenna Vangel. She is the founder of Community of Note. Welcome, Jenna. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So tell us a little bit about you. How did you, you know, how did you, what do you do? Yes. So I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri. Um, I got my degrees in trumpet performance and moved to Baton Rouge about eight years ago uh, because my husband had gotten a a job at LSU as a trumpet professor. And so when I moved here, I was primarily doing freelance work, playing um, with the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra down in New Orleans, um, playing church gigs and teaching. Uh, And now over the last eight years, that has morphed into some more solid positions. So I teach adjunct trumpet for LSU now. Um, And then I run Community of Note. I also teach part-time at Trinity Episcopal Day School. Uh, And then just in the last six or seven months, I've started to do um, some work for the Arts Council that is very similar to what I've done uh, through Community of Note. Okay. So explain a little bit more about what, well, first of all, how did Community of Note come about? Yes. So when I was in my master's degree um, out in Los Angeles, California, I had the opportunity to work with Street Symphony. And Street Symphony is an organization that was started by Vijay Gupta, and they bring high quality musical music performances to underserved audiences so um they work primarily with um audiences who experience homelessness on skid row and so i got to both perform for street symphony but also help on the administrative end and so when i came to baton rouge i knew that i wanted to start something like street symphony because i had seen um the power that that work has, both for the audience and for the performers who are involved. Um, And so I I spent a couple years when I first moved getting to know the community, um, making sure that I wasn't going to step on any toes, uh, seeing if there was something I could jump into that was already happening. And after a couple of years, I I saw that nothing like what I wanted to do was taking place um, and I needed to stop making excuses <laughs> and actually start it. And so Community of Notes started with just a simple email. I emailed the executive director of the Capital Area Alliance for the Homeless and I said, are you interested in music of some sort? I don't really know what it would look like, but is that something that sounds appealing? And I said, if not, that's okay. I'm happy to volunteer in some other way. Uh, and we went from there. Okay. So how long have you been doing this? Community of Notes started in 2019. So about, I guess, almost five years. Okay. So you were able to do it through the pandemic somewhat? So, uh, we, we actually took a break during okay. the pandemic. Okay. Um, and that was intentional. Um, I had people ask if we wanted to do <clears throat> some sort of um, electronic offering. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt like the power of Community of Note happens from the the energy and the, I guess, the sort of magic that takes place when you're in person yeah. in a performance setting. And so I just really felt compelled to hold off and yeah. wait until we could be back in person. I would think that that community is not a, it's not going to touch them the same way as a virtual performance right. might. Right, right. 
So now what are you doing for the Arts Council? Tell me a little bit about how this has expanded. Yes. So the Arts Council has been a supporter of Community of Note from day one. Um, And in in a very powerful and and meaningful way um, and in a financial way. And so I would come in from time to time to meet with Renee Chatelaine and check in with her, um, communicate about um, budgets and details and things like that. And this summer I came in to meet with her and she said, I want you to do this more. I want you to do more of this and do it for us. And I said, okay. <laughs> um, and, and basically she gave me free reign and said, whatever programming you want to do, let's try to make it happen. And so um, I, I had just recently started a kids music class through Community of Notes. So that happens at the St. Vincent de Paul Family Shelter, and I teach that. It's a once-a-month kids' music class. Um, and so that kind of informed some of the other programming that we started to do, started to try to do through the Arts Council. Um, so we have, uh, an, it's called Heart Art, and it's um, an art club that meets at the Capital Area Alliance for the Homeless. And that happens about twice a month. Um, and it's it's very free and open. Anyone who wants to do some visual art can stop by and and express themselves. Um, tomorrow will be the first meeting of our new jam session, and that so sounds fun. I know <laughs> similar idea to the art club. Um, any clients from the Capital Area Alliance that want to express themselves through music can show up. We have instruments that we will provide and um, a teaching artist who will lead the jam session and give it a little bit of structure. Um, And then there are some other programs in the works and, and some dreams that I'm working on solidifying. Okay. So, um, Wow, that just sounds real exciting. Yeah. I, I knew I knew somebody said, well, so, okay, if people have some instruments laying around stuck in the back of their closet and they're not doing anything, can they donate to this yes. cause? Yes, please do. We would love that. Okay. Especially if they're in good condition. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, tell me about learning to play the trumpet. You know, m- most people don't think of women as trumpet players. That's right. kind of a man's world. <laughs> so, how did you, why did you pick that instrument? Uh, So, I started playing trumpet in the sixth grade, and I picked it because my older brother played it, and I really looked up to my older brother. I wish it was something deeper and (laughs) and more evocative than that, but it's just that I really liked my older brother. Um, And then I continued um, through high school, but I also, in high school, became very focused on vocal performance and theater, and so trumpet kind of took a back seat. And I, when I started college, I started as a vocal performance major, and my plan was to do musical theater. Okay. But I was still taking trumpet lessons because I just couldn't give it up. And then I, it was about my, I guess my second year of college, my trumpet teacher said, um, you know, you could be a trumpet major if you wanted. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so I auditioned for the the trumpet program at the conservatory where I was. And so for a year, I double majored. Oh, wow. And finally, a voice te- my voice teacher said to me, this is stupid. You're not going to do both. So you should just pick one and focus on it. And at the time, I was, I was just really feeling trumpet. And I, uh, I mean, I loved both forms of expression because 
the reason that I love music is is that it gives us the opportunity to connect with each other, to express ourselves, to tell a story, to um, to create something together. But I was getting opportunities to do that through both trumpet and voice, so I was really happy to do either. Trumpet, I was worse at at the time, <laughs> and I love a challenge, and so I, I picked trumpet okay. and went from there and, and then got my master's degree at the Colburn School in Los Angeles. Okay. So, that's... That must have been real trying to be able to do both of those things. Yes. Um, <sighs> naivete will get you so far. I just didn't Ignor- know what... I- Ignorance is bliss, yes. is I always say. I didn't know what I didn't know, <laughs> and I just showed up and was happy to try. <laughs> so, you're, you mentioned that your husband, you came here with your husband, who mm-hmm. is a professor of trumpet. So, is that how the two of you met? Yes, we, uh, we met in the trumpet studio at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, uh, where we both went. And yes, we do practice together. We play duets together. We, we really actually do all that cute stuff. And we really like making music with each other. <laughs> so, um, is he part of Community A Note? Does he come in and help you jam with the, with the A crowd? little bit. Yeah, he always, um, he, every Christmas we do um, a sing-along, a holiday sing-along. And so, from the start, that has been... Um, a, a brass ensemble or a brass quintet comprised of LSU faculty and sometimes students. Okay. And so he has always been a huge part of that event. He helps me get all the music together, helps um, with the logistics of that. Okay. Um, and then, of course, he's always my sounding board. He listens to me work through questions and thoughts and, and problems a lot. So how, from, from when you started Community of Note, how has it morphed? I mean, is it, is it, does it happen once a month? Does it happen more than that? Or Yes. So we, uh, the performances at the Capital Area Alliance happen once a month. They happen Wednesday mornings. And um, it's very flexible. Uh, I leave it up to the performer. I say you can pick any, uh, we do it on Wednesday mornings. I say you can pick any Wednesday in the month that works for you and Capital Area Alliance has always been incredibly welcoming and flexible. And um, and so that happens once a month. And then the kids' music class across the street at St. Vincent de Paul also happens once a month. And, you know, the program hasn't morphed too, too much over the years. And, and I spoke, I misspoke earlier. We started in 2018, not 2019. Um, but fr- from the beginning in 2018, it started as performances once a month and that has just worked well um except for the covid period and so we've just continued that model um and and then added the kids music class as well okay how music to me is such a soothing healing Mm -hmm. pull people together Mm -hmm. thing how 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 has that impacted you and being able to bring that to these people yeah, that's, it's sort of, um, to me, it's everything. It, I don't know, I, I struggle to understand how musicians can want to do anything besides this type of work, because I think it's so powerful. Um, and, you know, as I said earlier, not just because of what it does for the audience, but what it does for the performers as well. Um, there's something really special about playing for 
an audience that is just so happy and grateful that you're there, um, an audience that is really supportive and accepting. And as professional musicians, we don't get that a lot, um, especially as a, as a person who plays with professional orchestras quite a bit. Um, whether the judgment is coming from the audience or even from your colleagues or from the conductor, it's there and it's a high pressure situation. And so it, it's an incredibly freeing and healing experience to be in a performance setting where there's just gratitude and joy. Yeah. That is, is, is it seems like it's like an intimate setting. Yes. Yes. I feel that it really is. Yeah. I know that the symphony does their uh, candlelight concerts in the, in our black box studio, which mm-hmm. holds like 75 people. And it's a, you don't have the whole symphony. You have like a quartet, or, you know, a quartet or two or three. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a whole nother level of stuff. Yes. It's just really like reach out and touch someone kind of thing. Yes. I love that. Um, what is going to happen in the future with this? I mean, I, I, I read that your husband has gotten a new position, and so I'm going to assume that you guys are going to be leaving Baton Rouge. We're sad. Yes. So what's going to be on the agenda going forward? So let me just say that we are also very sad. Um, we've been here for almost a decade, and uh, it feels like home in a lot of ways. But my husband was offered the position at at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, actually, where we both went. So you're not going anywhere. You're going to get any good food. <laughs> you're going to have to come back and visit. False. We have fantastic barbecue in Kansas City. You don't got no good seafood, though. No, this is true. This is true. But, you know, we, we have something to offer. Um, so the move gives us a chance, actually, to get back um, where my family is. Okay. And we have one child and another on the way. Congratulations. And, thank you. And so that was a high priority for us right now. Um, and one of the reasons, though, that it's hardest for me to leave is because of community of note and because of the work that I'm doing with the Arts Council, the, the connections that I've built in the community, um, the things that we have built together. Um, and, and it is my great hope that we can find somebody who is really passionate about this work and wants to keep it going. Um, but for myself personally, uh, in Kansas City, I plan to continue doing the same stuff. And I will start from scratch and make connections and and show up in the way that I feel I'm supposed to. Okay. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. We will miss you guys. <laughs> and we will miss you. So, okay, everybody, stay tuned. When I come back, we're going to be talking about the refurbishment of the Baton Rouge arts market. And now joining me is Luke Lognon. He is the owner of Brass, our co-owner of Brass, and circa 1857. I got the date yes, right. Yes, you got it right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A lot so, of people think it's the date, but it's actually the street address, 1857 oh, Government Street. Okay, all righty. So, Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you Luke for having me back. Luke is taking over management of the Baton Rouge Arts Market for the Arts Council, and we're so excited about that. So tell us what some of your plans are. Oh, I am, I'm super excited to be able to take over, and just thank you for the opportunity. Um, so some new things I want to try with the Baton Rouge Arts Market is, well, 
first, the overall goal is to make it its own unique identity again. Um, you know, it's been going on for 20 years now, and people just kind of know it as the uh, the arts thing that happens at the farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what I want to make it is that um, people come to the Baton Rouge Arts Market for the art first and foremost. And the um, then they go buy vegetables. Then they go buy vegetables. <laughs> um, but... That's the overall thing. And so some specifics of what I want to do is first, make it artist-centric again. Put the artist first and foremost. So the first thing that's going to happen is having an artist hospitality tent. So the artist will be able to have coffee, hot chocolate, water, snacks provided for them, um, which will encourage more artists to come sign up. Uh, Another thing I want to do, which will happen at this coming up uh, arts market on February 3rd, is a live music component. Uh, This week or this month, we'll have uh, Zach McLean. He is a uh, singer-songwriter cover artist who um, plays guitar. He is absolutely incredible. Played at my wedding, actually. Okay. Um, And then... Some other things that will come in the following months are um, creating a student artist section of the market to showcase the talent that is coming up in Baton Rouge to show uh, what artists are coming in the next decade, and to also show that the student artists that Baton Rouge is a thriving arts market, to throw show that they don't have to move to Lafayette, don't have to move to New Orleans, don't have to move to Houston in order for them to be thriving in their artistry. Uh, And fourthly is um, harvesting and just uh, cultivating, I should say, cultivating uh, children's artist impulses. And so by that, having um, every month in the coming months in children's craft table where children could be able to uh, express themselves with seasonal crafts um, and mom and dad will have something to put on the fridge. Yeah. Because goodness knows there's not enough stuff on the fridge. We need, we need more. We need right, more. Right, exactly. But that's, you know, that you mentioned like for so long, it was just like you went to the farmer's market and you stumbled onto the arts market. Yes. It was not something that most people really said, oh, I need to go to the arts market. And while I'm there, I might grab a few things. Right. So to be able to kind of shine more of a spotlight on it sounds is is a good thing i think yes you know i I want it to be a place where um the average person can come in and walk away with a beautiful piece of art or eventually i want to be a place where possibly designers and interior decorators will come for inspiration whenever they're doing baton rouge homes and obviously interior decorators interior designers love showcasing local artists particularly whenever it's fine art. Mm -hmm. And so one thing I want to do is just elevate and make the art market an actual art market. Okay. So you're still going to have like jewelry make jewelry people and all that kind of stuff. Cause I have to say, I, I I have not, I'm not a morning person. (laughs) So I don't get up at eight o'clock on Saturdays to go. So I went for the first time in a long time Mm -hmm. uh, in November to pick up a necklace that I had found from my for my granddaughter, her birthstone, Aww. and you know, got some vegetables and things like that. And I was shocked at the l- quality of stuff that's there. I mean, beautiful stuff. Yes. So whenever I say art, I'm not particularly meaning just visual art or um, painted medium. Um, whenever I say art, I mean the 
quality handcrafted jewelry. I'm talking about, um, you know, sculptures. I'm talking about um, lawn ornaments, you know, things that are high quality that are produced using talent. Yeah. Um, and now we will still have a space for makers as well. We'll still have a space where if uh, people are making locally made soy candles or having um, some shea butter or soaps, Soap. okay. uh, that will still be available at the market. Um, but there will be a shift in focus to art, okay. to high quality um, handcrafted pieces. Okay. So for people who may not know, because you would be surprised, <laughs> tell us a little bit about when does Bram take place and where and times and all that fun stuff. So Bram, the Baton Rouge Arts Market, takes place uh, every single month, um, except for January, it's because we come off a December holiday. Um, but starting in February, every first Saturday of the month, um, in St. Joseph Cathedral's parking lot um, from 8 a.m. until 12 noon, and it's corresponding with the uh, downtown Red Stick Farmer's Market. Okay. All right. So, and you mentioned that we take off in January, and that would be because there are three markets in one, December. Two, three. One, yeah. two, three. <laughs> Just to make sure that everybody gets their uh, shopping needs taken care of. And that's what I was there for. I gave... Uh, I was there to get a Christmas gift, and I actually picked up some extra things I didn't think I needed. <laughs> that always happens. My wallet's never never kind to me whenever I go to the Baton Rouge Arts Market. No, so we hope people will, will show up. And, and you know if you haven't been to either of those events in a long time, you really want to circle your calendar for the first Saturday. Fe- February 3rd February 3rd, up. yes, is our and next it'll one. it'll be here before we know it. And... Uh, and it lasts until noon, so you can sleep till nine. Yes, and, and the early birds up. still can show up, and there are still <laughs> worms available. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you, Luke. We're excited about to see what all happens with the the refurbished Baton Rouge Arts Market. Uh, thank you, Pam. I'm excited to be involved. And we need you guys to uh, take note. Coming up on February the 14th, the Alvin Baptiste Jazz Society is having a champagne and jazz jam here at the Cary Sauvage Community Arts Center in the Virginia and John Nolan Black Box Theater. Tickets are very, very reasonably priced. It's going to be a fun night. So if you don't have plans, you want to do something unique and fun with your Valentine, this is where you want to be. You can get details on our website, arts, A-R-T-S-B-R, dot org. And we will see you next Sunday. We thank you for joining us this morning for AC23. You can catch replays on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Support for this programming comes from Shell, our generous donors, and members. To help us continue programming like this, please consider joining the Arts Council or becoming a donor. Information can be found on our website, artsbr.org. That's A-R-T-S-B-R dot org. 